0: Nice to meet you. I was I was going for R, you know, so it was, I'm sure others have also commented this, but yeah, it's, yeah. Okay, R, how are things?
1: Yeah, things are, uh, things are, things are great. How about you? You're in
0: Brussels? Yeah, in Antwerp, in Antwerp. Okay, Antwerp, okay. Yeah. So
1: how is COVID treating you in that case, you know, in, you're based in the U.S., right? Yeah, based in New York, based in, based in the U.S., but from Norway originally, so I'm, I started out my career in in Scandinavia and then been in the US for for twenty years.
0: Uh huh. So how has been this experience? You know, from being in Norway to to living in in the US. Like, what's the what's the difference or or similarity as far as the entrepreneurship journey is concerned?
1: Yeah, I started started companies in the US for twenty years. Built companies in the US for twenty years. I I love doing it in the US because you have access to an incredible. Large market on the business side and on the consumer side, you have access to capital and more specialized capital, and access to some amazing talent and people to, to bring into the, into into my startups as well. So I really enjoy building companies in the U.S.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so what,
0: you know, if you have to sort of you know think about your journey now, like you are into the AI. I mean, are you fascinated with, the with the with let's say, the sci-fi movies? Or, or what was your inclination towards AI? Always <laughs> you
1: know, fascinated by a few things that happened in the future and how technology can be applied. And I've built startups before where we use similar type of technologies. But what I'm fascinated about is using it for this particular purpose within food and food waste is that we can apply these type of modern technologies to a very old problem that's been there forever and that's that a lot of food gets lost and it gets 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 get, uh, it gets lost between production and uh, reaching a consumer so it's much more uh, exciting for me to build a startup and, and using these type of technologies to solve a real problem that's the that's the difference at uh, this time is that we've've we've, we've, spent 20 years and learning about data aggregation and learning about algorithms and learning about all of these types of things. But we've applied it to uh, to content and music. We've applied it to advertising earlier companies. And this time we apply it to solving one of the biggest problems in the world, which is that a third of all the food in the world is lost before it reaches a consumer.
0: Coincidentally, I I also spoke to one of the founders of a startup, which uh, which are you know, indeed using AI to solve the waste in the fashion industry, right? So you, there's, there's another different kind of waste, you know, in the fashion industry, there are a lot of clothes are manufactured and and, and people don't actually buy that, right? And and they use this AI to simulate the the, the, the different kind of clothing over the people's, you know, personality and so forth. So so I think, you know, I could relate that, you know, sort of activities to, to, to what you are doing in that case. So maybe, maybe explain a little bit about what specific, if you think about the, ch- the challenges that you're solving is, is, is around the food waste, right? So, but then how do you do that?
1: Yeah, the first part of it is to, we um, I mean, believe that there are about a, over 100 million companies involved in the food ecosystem or the web of, of companies. All of these companies are connected together in these trading relationships. So if you are a a manufacturer of yogurt, you need blueberries to make your blueberry yogurt. And then you sell it to a Walmart or to a Costco or a big retailer, for instance. These uh, companies are all connected together uh, in, a, in a in a web of, uh, of 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 companies. What's not connected together is the data and the ability to collaborate around data. Uh, very old school industry, tremendous amount of silos in terms of companies and tremendous amount of silos in terms of IT systems. So. What we help do then is to get data out of all of these different types of underlying systems into the cloud, and also normalize all of that data so it, you can use data across multiple systems and even multiple companies in order to optimize the business. So, uh, and that so then there are several applications that we built on top of this data platform, but but in uh, as, uh, at the core is basically to aggregate and get data into. And, and and a platform so that we can start using these uh, these these cool things uh, with ai and machine learning and all of the stuff that we've been building for a long time you
0: mentioned about data you know of course you know you know data plays a vital role in in in, in fitting the information that that you want to make your system smarter right so so in in that regard like you know what does your data tell you so far, you know, how do you how do you interpret the data that you know you've gathered so far, or or, or what have you learned so far as far as the data gathering is concerned?
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, so especially now with uh, with COVID, the last four or five months, the consumer behaviors are completely changed. Right? There's a lot of and a lot of a lot, lot of changes to how we how we work. Right? We're sitting at home much more. So that's influencing kind of what food uh, consumers are buying, not going into an office, influencing kind of restaurants, obviously, and influencing convenience stores along the train, and stops into an office. And so there's a tremendous amount of changes in consumer behavior that happen. And it's it's really hard for companies to have the real time data and have the pulls on what's happening with consumers. Maybe the grocery stores, but if you're one, level removed from the grocery store, if you are a CPG company selling into grocery stores, or even if you are a, a vendor selling into the CPG companies, or you're an exporter selling into the vendors, which are actually getting very far removed from the actual consumer. So one thing that we've seen everybody needs and wants is real-time information, uh, real-time access to data, what's happening with consumers. So that's a big, big area uh, of what, how our data is being used.
0: So, you know, if you look at the, you know, situation pre-COVID, right, you know, as you mentioned during the COVID, the buying behavior has changed, right? So if you think about, you know, from a general consumer perspective, what do you think about the behavior? Like, what are they buying more? Like, you know, I'm I'm thinking more on a practical terms, right? Right. Not in the very, let's say, company based terms, but more on the, uh, let's say, practical terms, like what are people buying more now, you know, based on based on the challenges that we are going through.
1: Yeah, it's, I think big driver is that people are making much more food at home, right? So then yeah. all of the products that you need in order to make, make, make food at home are, uh, are are exploding, right? So it's anything from a baker uh, things to bake and to, to make sauces or to create uh, more protein that you need in order to make food uh, at home. And similar in, in Europe as it is to the U.S., but it was a big... In the U.S., so m- most people would eat out kind of three two to four times uh, a week. Now with kids sitting at home, I just had my son go- <laughs> at home, He's home school, and he eats three times a day at uh, home. I eat three times a day at home. So just that alone is driving a lot of new, huge, huge changes. Uh, so, uh, and it's all, and, and from there on, once you've kind of getting, started to get a lot of that insight, it's also how can you now take that data to create Forecasts, for instance, that's a perfect use of uh, AI type technology is forecasting because it tends to mean a tremendous amount of data in order to in order to, to, to produce, uh, produce forecasts. Uh, you can start thinking about uh, how switching between different uh, products, what are people, when they're buying more of one product, what are the, all of the other products that they are uh, also buying, which is also a perfect use case for, for um, an AI in a neural network type model. So mm-hmm. so there are all these, all these kind of opportunities to use new technology to solve these type of challenges to make the uh, industry much more much more efficient. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Like you had, you had a different form of challenges before pre-COVID, you know, or or leading into the COVID situation. Perhaps you had a different kind of challenge, and maybe you would have thought, you know, maybe this will run away in a month or two, you know, like it was advertised. But now you you look back and it's only been six seven months. What what has changed? That you know, uh, you know, if you, if you have to think about you know, what you used to do versus what you're doing now, including the company's perspective, right? What has changed?
1: The biggest change for us, always sudden I start companies, I'm trying to go into old school industries. Um, last industry was in sales marketing, old school industry 10 years ago. 10 years ago, very modern industry. This Now, 20 years ago, I jumped into digital content and created what's iHeartRadio in the U.S., but uh, what's... Uh, uh, but also in a very old school industry 10 years ago. Food and food production and food distribution, incredibly old school. And all of these big industries, they need a catalyst in order for, for, for the bigger companies to actually move. Because in digital music, nothing was, nothing was broken, right? And in advertising, nothing was broken. All of a sudden it was very broken when Facebook yeah. and Google came. So these industries need a catalyst and COVID has been that catalyst for the whole industry to just wake up and say and and realize that hey we have old IT infrastructure we don't collaborate well internally we don't have data sharing with our trading partners so they we're not making our trading partners good so it's been a a, a, a huge catalyst for change which is exactly what what I want when I start companies because uh, that's that's when we can provide our solutions to that to the problem and we can do something fast and. Versus the big ERP companies that take years and years and years to do something that we can do very quickly. So and for much less money. So it's uh, so for us, uh, COVID has been that catalyst. Mm-hmm. And, and before COVID, I have to say, like we were always kind of on the on the fence, saying that a third, a third. This is a big number. A third of all the food that's produced in the world is lost before it reaches a consumer. One third. So with uh, 1 billion people that are in hunger every year, losing a third of all the food in the world is a big, big problem. But before COVID, this was kind of a, uh, something that was interesting for people to listen to. But when when people in the West and the US are, uh, went to the stores and then personally could see that there were no uh, food on the shelves, now it's a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> when people cannot
0: eat, right? so. I, I was, like, at the beginning of the COVID, like, people started hoarding the, the toilet papers. And I was thinking, like, why they are hoarding toilet papers, right? That's the last thing you want to hoard, right? Yeah. And uh, if, if I were to really hoard, I would hoard foods, you know, to do the, the real food that I need for, for longer consumption. And, and, and I, I just didn't get that part at all. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that was a reality check-in. Yeah. As far as the, you know, uh, you have employees that are working perhaps for you and, uh, and 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 then there there might be a different set of working mode now. Obviously, everything is going to, uh, you know, home-based working, teleworking, you know, and and, and if you look at the, the, the productivity now, do you think that that has decreased or increased or, or it didn't change for you or... You know, maybe, you know, let, let's talk through the, those those kind of elements, like as far as, uh, you know, your company is
1: concerned. Yeah, the, uh, it's, it's a good, it's, I've seen both. I've seen, I'm i on the board of several companies and majority of those have reduced productivity, they say. For us, it's been increased productivity. I, after I sold the last company, I traveled around the world for, for a year with my family and Everything, every, everywhere I went, India, I spent a lot of time in India. I spent a lot of time in in, 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 in uh, Japan and yeah, everywhere. The <laughs> one thing that was consistent everywhere was traffic. And like there is just so much time that's lost in commuting and in sitting in traffic every day. So when I came back, I had about 100 business ideas that I had written down over those few 14 months. And one of them was really to provide software and technology that could help with remote work to be productive at home. So when we, I didn't end up launching that company, but we took a lot of those principles into CRISP. So when we launched CRISP, we set it up from the beginning as a remote company, what are all the things that need to be in place in order for us to be efficient when we're working, uh, working from home. So, so we didn't miss a beat when COVID hit because we have already had infrastructure in place.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But but if you look
0: at the other industries, like you know, when you when you say you were traveling, I'm sure you're not traveling now. And and one of the hardest hit industries, travel industry, and also the food and beverage industry, perhaps not in terms of beverages, people are still drinking, but <laughs> but let's say the restaurant business is is a, a little bit in the struggle. I, I think we were not prepared for this, right? If, if we have to sum it up like right? we are not prepared for for this kind of this scale of you know chaos but at the same time you know you are at the sweet spot right you are the sweet spot which is which is a technological company where we can we can rapidly change we can rapidly change about you know the tools that we can use and make it happen but for for traditional companies what do you think is is going to be the lesson? you know what do you think it, you know they should learn from this and, and how do
1: how should they
0: really learn from people like you?
1: you know when, uh, I think it comes back to things that uh, you should really do in a company, no matter where if you're remote or not the One thing we did was that we did we have no internal emails, so mm-hmm. you're not allowed to send emails internally so and then we have to then replace that with other. Communication channels, but most and most of it is transparent and open, and it's a we can use a software called Notion for it, but it's kind of similar to a Google Docs in a way. But everything is written in there. Then we use like a Trello type system for all product management. So all everything is visual. What tasks? What are what are things that are moving, and what are things that are blocked? For instance, if you're an agile culture, you know what all of this, uh, this, these these uh, these terminologies, but. The uh, and then obviously slack and those type of communication uh, channels uh, I am sitting on a 38 screen a 38 inch screen in front of me uh, and then it's very super com- uh, comfortable to be at home uh, working so the and then we have we you have to put in, in, in place incredibly s- strong communication around what are our goals as a company what are we what are we not doing as a company what are uh, projects we are prioritizing? What are the decisions we need to make? And what are the decisions? What are the how are we organized? How are we structured? How do we, do we actually do meetings? And all and uh, every meeting has to have an agenda. If there's no agenda, we cancel the meeting. So everything has to be prepared and people have to actually try to solve the challenges and the questions in the meeting before we come to the meeting because we're writing it into our to our wiki. So all of those things I think you should do in any company, no matter if you are remote or not. But once you are remote, you have to do it or else people are starting to be completely disconnected from where the company is going, what the team is doing. They don't have transparency on the information and then then the motivation goes away. So we've seen the opposite it's kind of, been a, a catalyst, again, it's been a forcing factor for us to actually kind of put in place the things that you should put in, in place in, in any case. Yeah, I,
0: I, I mean, the fundamentals that you said, you know, obviously now, you know, the company, perhaps some of them didn't realize that those things should be done. but you know with this particular challenge, I'm sure a lot of companies have you know tried that now already. At the same time, you know as an entrepreneur, it's, it's very important that you know that the people that you are relying on to, to execute certain things, are always motivated, right? So they are motivated in order to wake up early. You you as an entrepreneur, because you make more money, I don't know, <laughs> so you wake up early. So you have a different drive for, for yourself, right? You have set up goals and, and so forth, so you have a different drive. But people like uh, like uh, who are actually executing the work, uh, they don't have the same drive now, especially at this particular time. How do you motivate those people?
1: I think it has to do with transparency on information and in- inclusion and uh, we have uh, engineering teams and product teams that earlier were very siloed Uh, so the engineers were sitting by themselves kind of and then the 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 product people tried to kind of be out in market and uh, translate what these customers were saying and there was so much information that was lost in that translation. So, what one thing we have done that have helped a lot is to create these uh, cross-functional pods almost so we have three of them and where do we have engineers we have product and we have commercial ambassadors uh, on the teams and they have a very clear goal and they have a clear problem to solve and problem statements and 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 so we've so we've taken that framework a lot of that is from sprint planning and from agile work and all of that but we've we create created that across the entire entire company so every monday we have those meetings and we actually make we make these decisions real time and the engineers hear directly kind of what the problem that the customers are trying to to solve are and uh, it's it's proven really successful for us and then we have this overall uh, over overall goals for the company where are we going and what are we prioritizing this month and what are the strategy and it's very very, very transparent. And then engineers are the smartest people on the, the, on the teams, right? So when we give the smartest people the best information, they will come up with much better, smarter solution than I have uh, to these problems. I can present the problems and our data scientists and our uh, product and our, and our technology people can actually solve it because they have the exact same information as me. So, so that's kind of the goal. And I think that's when really huge motivation comes as well. I think it's more that than the financial piece. great. I put a lot of people into new homes uh, throughout my life, and I enjoy with people on the team and make, make, make a lot of money too, because we sell, end up selling the company or something happens. But, so, but, but I think the real motivation comes from being unblocked and have access to all information and ability to make decisions and move fast and not have to wait a bunch. So we've we've, uh, we've we've been able to achieve some of that in uh, at Facebook. Mm-hmm. I really hope like the larger
0: enterprises are also listening to you uh, and and then learning some 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 lessons from that because I, I I'm a consultant and I, I deal with larger enterprises and it's often a challenge you know when you are dealing with let's say you know I, I mean there's a difference between a challenge from fifty person to. Five hundred person, you know, to five thousand person, right? So, so the magnitude of challenges is different, and and I think it comes down to the leadership having that proper mindset about being prepared to change and being being open to, let's say, accept ideas or or, or being able to challenge, right? So, so, so how do you think about your your company in that regard? Like, how often are you challenged by the people that you're
1: working with? Oh, this, you know, it happens. Uh, I was, I mean, I'm sitting in on the all the stand, on oh, like in the stand-ups, and the product meetings and technology. <laughs> <I'm dead. laughs> I have no idea uh, every day. So the, uh, uh, but that's, I think I, I love that because it's, uh, I feel like we're solving such a big problem. We have a big mission that we're going towards and we're all pulling together as a team to, to, to help uh, with the food waste challenge. So we have a lot of, you know, motivation through that i'm getting challenged to how do i how do i how do i explain and how do i what what is the actual problem I need to solve that's one one and number two i also need to help get data because these are data engineers and they are data scientists so they can only solve problems if i can provide them uh, with with data i have a technology technology co-founder that i did this company with and the last company the best thing he knows is to get all of this data and he will sit down on a Saturday night with a glass of red wine and then actually <laughs> 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 because yeah, that's his idea of a great Saturday night. Uh...
0: <laughs> You're lucky. You're extremely lucky with that regard. Like if you can, can provide somebody with the red wine and they would extract all the data. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying then uh, in With these big bigger organizations always an advantage for us because we are forty five fifty people but in these bigger organizations what what have you seen work well and when does it not work and what are the, some of the success criteria
0: well if you look at the the bigger organizing there is a there's a different way that the structure has been placed you know just to give you an example of insurance company or or a telecom company you know telecom companies are are highly regulated companies, right? So there are procedures which are rigid and which do not move an inch, right? Mm -hmm. And and there are reasons for that, right? But at the same time, when we are using those reasons to not change a little bit here, a little bit there, then then that shows how deeply you are submerged into, into those processes, right? so the, the, what what they what they don't understand is like that the process itself is is an overkill right and 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 then if you look at the banking industry i'm, I'm just uh, you know moving from one industry to the other industry if you look at the banking industry it, it's the same problem right so we have this regula- regulation that we need to meet it and we have those processes in order to really really follow that processes and then and then execute those certain tasks right so and then you know it's the same story with uh, if you t- think about uh, insurance company or it's a financial company or or, or or telecom, all this traditional industry has one problem that they are heavy process oriented, right? It's not a problem with the people; it's the it's the process that is that is governing the people, right? It should be the other way around, right? So <laughs> it, the people should come first, and then the processes. Uh, so that's where that's where the problem is, right? So. And and then when you are when you are in that sort of you know you know deep water under the process, then then you cannot really think straight. You're not looking at the competitions, you know, you're not looking at the other technical startups who are doing perhaps better than you are, or they might be, you know, the wolf, you know, who are going to poach you, you know. So those kind of things, right? So I think process-heavy, uh, you know, our, our organizations are always going to suffer in the long run, you know, especially at, at this point in time where we want to move fast, right? We want to create solutions that is fast. Like you said, like we want to be agile, like we want to be agile in terms of reaching out to our customers fast enough that they get the value fast enough you know for a customer it doesn't matter it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a one bank or the other bank i still need a bank right so whoever does the job faster i i will choose that right so yeah
1: very true are you seeing something around like how these when in terms of changing processes in terms of how kind of getting access to data and getting uh, getting getting data in one place and how does data kind of tie into into change management
0: yes yes so so what I'm looking at is you know looking at you know j- just to, just to give you an example of of how uh, the organizer move right so so organizations are are reluctant to move because they have several uh, factors like they want to keep on with their with their titles you know one of the one of the motivation factors is, is to have a title right so so, for example, you are a, a head of a department, meaning you have a, let's say, X amount of people working for you. So that, that, gives you, that gives you a position in the organization saying, hey, you know what, you know, I have so many people under me, so you should listen to me, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I think that's, that is a trouble, right? So unless, you know, that is fixed, right? So if you think, you mentioned previously that a car, you want to sort of, you know, build a team which is multidisciplinary, right? And in the traditional organization, what happens is like you have an IT team. What it does, is like it only, you have to fill in a request, it will it will do a job for you, right? In X amount of time. So it doesn't work like that on reality, in a software company, you have to work with the IT and let's say the development team and, and then the DevOps and so forth, they work together in order to make things happen, right? So, if you, as soon as you start to mingle those people and then form a separate team, then the boss, like who has the opinion, you know, may not have the same leverage anymore, right? So yeah. they become more reluctant to change, and I guess that's one of the indicator that the the organization is dysfunctional, right? When you when when things are not moving and everything goes through IT, it clearly means that you know. There is a bigger challenge in that organizing, so so that that's that's one thing I can reflect
1: on on my learnings, you know. So okay, that's great. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's we're uh, yeah we're working to to because we're providing our data and our solutions into very large companies. So we're yes. very curious to around, you kind know, of how that can help with change management as well. So it's uh, yeah. so thanks, thanks, Brent.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Like you know, in a sense that you know, when you are when you are looking at looking at the smaller startups, right? So uh, this, the smaller startups are, you know, moving so fast because they want to survive at the same time, uh, create more clients in, in a higher pace because they want to feed everybody at the same time. But with the larger organizing, you have a big budget, right? So you have a big pile of cash. I'm sitting on top of the cash. Yeah. So I don't care, right? I don't care if, I, if I'm moving very slow. It doesn't matter to me, right? You know. <laughs> So 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 that's the that's a mindset, right? So if you if you then think about all this bigger start, uh, let's say uh, organizing, if you then decompose this into smaller startups, then maybe there is a solution, right? If you think about it, in a, in a working together into smaller startups. Then you are saying, okay, everybody has a mandate. Everybody has to deliver. Everybody has to create a solution, and we work around that. Then, then we have something to work with, right? Uh, but then again, there are a big shark there who doesn't want to change. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and how challenging is for you to sort of you know get those data? Is it is it simple? Is it uh, is it a little bit of
1: struggle or like how? Tremendous, yeah, tremendous amount of struggle because it's an, in many industries uh, there are modern system and APIs and the ability to get access to data in this industry not 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 at all. So for us it's uh, it's it's really hard to get access to the data, especially get it out of. You have the big retailers and the big distributors that are selling uh, sell, selling selling it to the consumers. Plus you have e-commerce and online. Uh, sellers to consumers as well, and you have the brick and mortar sellers. And uh, getting data out of out of those systems uh, is is very hard because they typically started 40, 50 years ago with a one store, and then they bought uh, 50 companies in order to be now the largest, or they they grew over 50 years. So they are everything from like AS 400 systems that are legacy systems, or to new loyalty apps that consumers are using. So Getting access to and you know, aggregating and normalizing all of that data is very hard. The advantage then is once we have done that for our customers, nowadays it's a very modern interface into our uh, into the data. So now we can facilitate a lot of innovation and speed and all of those type of uh, all, all of those type of things because we have done that heavy lifting. So, but the access to data is very 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 difficult. And uh, but now we are covering 70-80% uh, yeah, of the u.s market at least in terms of getting access to the most critical data and uh, and then we can have a lot of we can, uh, we can have a lot of benefits for our customers that get access to that data so so which is also there what we kind of that, that's also protecting our company that's a big reason we have a business model and the business uh, is that we can then sell a subscription uh, out to get access to this uh, get access to the data so that's so it's a good and bad it's really hard to do but uh, once you've done it now you we can protect the business and protect the company and provide a tremendous amount of value for for, for not a lot of money so so it's uh so, so that's where we are
0: yeah i'll tell you a funny incident right so i was working for one of the telecom here in belgium and uh, you know i i realized like you know uh, we had to also do some data data related uh activities and we started to you know, look for departments who are actually providing those data, right? It, it's a, it's a simple, let's say, in company, intra-company, you know, searching for information. We are talking about five to ten thousand people, you know, a company. And what I realize is like, so while while in the data hunt, what we realize like is like there are some specific, very sensitive data. You know, one of the let's say uh, the earlier example I gave you, like the like people want to have more people under them so that they have a leverage. One of the example is like one of the manager had actually asked a data uh, specialist to, to, to have a, a server on his, on his PC, right? So think about it like this, right? So the, during the working hours, like you had access to data, but, but as soon as um, the, the working hours is not there, then you cannot access the data because he would sh- turn off his laptop, right? So, so it, it, was, it was that sort of, you know, organizer, which is very traditional, but they want to hold on to that. And while we are looking for data, because it, it gives us so much information, it has so much value, we are holding that data so that, you know, we we have a lot of levers, right? So just to give you an idea about how, how difficult it is in, in certain organizations, and I'm sure you would have, you know, gotten some of these cases in, a, in this form or the other form. So,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good uh, example. But uh, when you once your data has, uh, has value, once you... you data together. You can have data that doesn't have a lot of value by itself, but aggregated together with with 10 other data sets. Now, it is starting to have a lot of values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if one person has it down on their computer, it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> yeah, it works for him. You know. <laughs> 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 how, how it works for me, right? So and that, that all counts, right? So And I can see my job and that's it, right? So I could I could be happy. Well, what is what is difficult as an entrepreneur, like, you know, to go back to your entrepreneurship part again. So I'm sure there are everything you can say, everything is difficult. But if you have to now, you know, you've you, you had the experience of, of running multiple companies already. Now you're thinking, mm, well, this is this part. I am really uncomfortable. This part I don't want to even talk about. Right. There must be some secrets there <laughs> as an entrepreneur where you're like, OK, this is not this is where I'm not comfortable.
1: Oh yeah, in starting <laughs> companies in general. Yeah, you know, I've done it for twenty-five years now, and uh, I always think that you're good at something, or like you always think that you have solved the problem before. And yeah. the same solution to the same to the problem, but and, uh, every time I start a company, I do the same mistakes over and over again. I, uh, I, uh, and they're generally around uh, hiring of people. They are around organization so we just launched this principle that I talked to now with this cross-functional teams why didn't I do that from the beginning right it's it's so obvious it's and it's around going too fast to the market before the product really is ready and then having to kind of build the product after you actually have launched it it is around uh, you know I I I keep doing the same so the learning there's there's a there's not a great learning curve but, uh, yeah, there, there are, but the team uh, people and team are generally the hardest things to organize uh, and to add to structure, getting the right team, getting the right team composition, uh, together. Uh, that that's, that's very, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've done a couple of different approaches in my last company that ended up being a big success and a big sale, but we hired like only, almost only very, kind of young, youngish, smart, best, smartest, best schools. 25 to 32 years old, incredibly ambitious, like the Google profile kind of. And we had way too many, like the the entire company was just people like that everybody wanted to be the boss everybody wanted to be everybody elected there was no everybody so, it, so so that created a lot of problems and it was so too uniform in terms of everybody kind of thought and, and thought about the same thing nobody, nobody had any experience doing anything so
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 so does that come down to the balance that,
0: that you know if, if you say okay I want to sort of you know run this kindergarten, of course like the the kids will find a way to work with each other or play with each other but at least you need a monitor in the room which is going to constantly make sure that they don't fall. Do you see that, do you see the the, the startup in that perspective?
1: Yeah, that's what I've done now. Uh, We have created much more people with much more experience combined with the ones that are young and and ambitious as we created a much better dynamic in that, which actually the remote work helped a lot because you can attract amazing people that have decided to not live in a big city anymore. They just want to uh, kind of move out of the big city. So so that has helped. And then we've also been much more, I've been very focused on having senior people who wants to be hands-on, who actually wants to do the job, who so actually, so they have incredible amount of experience, but they actually are hands-on keyboard solving a product issue or solving a customer issue or solving a technology issue, those those profiles are, are, are incredibly valuable. And then I get rid of all of the middle management, all the people that just want to be middle management. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 it's 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 very i mean i told you my example right dealing with those those people uh you know it, it's very difficult it's very difficult to get get things but you know like you're the boss so you you might be able to get things that done faster you know compared to the the larger organizers you know, so
1: yeah 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 i, I usually tell them if, if your only job is to listen to what I'm saying and then tell that to other people. Like, then you're just a human router of information. That, yeah. that has zero value in the organization, yeah. right? Because I can then tell it to those five people instead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so it's, and, and we see a lot of, especially middle management is always the problem. And that's when you see the, all, all of the things that you talked about earlier, by creating your own their, their own little kind of group of people who does something else, who has their own data, their own ideas, their own everything. <laughs> I yeah. don't like. There's other five uh, groups over there who think so. Uh, are f- fighting and for the next promotion and stuff like that. That's when you get all of the all of the challenges, uh, and that's when the customer gets completely forgotten. Right? It becomes yeah. it becomes internal things that people are focused on versus uh, how are we actually building something that's solving a problem for a customer. So always uh, all of these things are easier to do in a 40, 50 person company, but I, I and mean, we ran into all of these problems in my last company came into the two three hundreds as well but uh, yeah it's if have, every decision can start with what, what am i doing today how, how does that actually make our customers better how how can they how our customers get 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 done more to less or solve their problem that all of the all of the internal activities are actually focused around the customer need and a customer and then all of this internal kind of discussions and all of that should, shouldn't shouldn't be necessary because we have one one, one goal and that is to get the customers to 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 have a better solution or make more money or save save more money or be more efficient or that whole roi calculation on what is it that we do uh, for our customers and i typically think about that as a one to ten if we're charging one dollar for the product they should have ten dollars in value and we shouldn't be able to document those ten dollars in value and if everybody works on a goal like that then should be less internal meetings and internal type of stuff going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, it, it should not exist, right? Like one of the key topic that we that you 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 mentioned earlier is is the transparency, right? And it's uh, I mean, within the small company, you are the boss, you can say whatever, and it works fine, right? And 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 often that is not the case in the larger organization, and then an, that is always going to be the case, you know. Uh, it's like a country, right? We are talking about five to ten thousand people, you know, working in a in the same building, perhaps sometimes, mm-hmm. and and it's like a country. They have their own system there, you know, and and it it, it, it becomes a rather political, you know, at some point, and and, and yeah, I mean, it, it, I think this particular incident with with COVID has only made it more visible that, you know, how lack of transparency we have within the organized and how difficult it is to get things done when you are staying at home, you know, because Mm If you look at the structure with the larger, larger organization, you go to the organization, and then the, you are connected with with their own systems and their own infrastructure and so forth. But now, when you are working from home, then you have to connect to those VPN and so forth, and it's difficult. It's difficult for for get things done, you know, in, in a faster space. you know. So yeah, right. No,
1: I, I I totally, I definitely see that. That's for sure. Cut all emails. That I had another idea was to put an a stamp, so you have to pay pay, pay for a stamp in order to, sell, to send an email. So it would cost $1 to send an email. In, in, uh, so, uh, so just to cut down the amount of emails, those emails is the <clears throat> ultimate ability to kind of, get uh, where, where, where information just get lost and siloed and stays in email exchanges, peer-to-peer email exchange exchanges between two or 10 people and that is not a transparent way of getting access to information. Some stuff obviously needs to be confidential, but then we can have other kind of ways to deal with confidential information. But I'm thinking about it typically as if, if smart, and smart, intelligent people have the same amount of same information, they will make the same decision. So my job as a leader is to be able to surface all of the information and get all of the information in front front of everybody and be clear about where we're going and be clear about or here's all the information that led to these decisions, then smart people make the same decisions generally when they have the same information. So, and then it becomes much easier to do everything if, if things are transparent versus, uh, versus siloed. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, one of the things that you said about the information, I, I like the fact that you want to, you know, give away the information that you have, but how do you make sure that you give away enough information or less information. How do you make sure that you know people are getting right information? So, yeah, so, so it's, it's not problem. it's not just a information, but it's a different series
1: of information, right? So, how do you how do you make sure those things happen? It's a big It's a big, big balance that we've been struggle, we've struggled with. So, on one end, we ended up like having way too much. Like so, everything is transparent. So, where on earth do I actually start? <laughs> Here's like, the Bible, read it. Right? So, <laughs> like uh, information here. Where do Where do I start? So, so that's that's. Then we did that mistake where everything was. Then we did other mistake as well, which was to 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 aggregate it up and only have it in in, in, in like very curated type of information and very structured. But then it then it didn't feel right for for everybody because now somebody had actually curated all of this. So I think we found a better structure now where it's you can, it's more like a py- py- pyramid and or an iceberg in a way. You can start on the top and you can see the top 10%. Uh, that has some curation to it. But there is then the ability to jump off and that uh, you can jump down and go further and further and further down into the information. That's been helpful. We also have a framework around strategy around that we are we have inputs so these are the inputs that we used in order for us to make decisions all of the inputs are transparent to everybody so everybody can go in and see the document of of everything that led up to the to the monthly strategy meeting and then we have an output where and then these are the decisions we made this is the goal that we set for this month these are the things that we're going to stop doing it's called crisp it's uh, actually c for concentrate is the this is the one goal that 80% of the company needs to work on. Number two is resolutions. So these are the decisions that we had. These are the decisions that we made, and these are the reasons we made the decisions. And this is the decision. You can go in. Everybody can go in and see what the decision is. Then it's I, which is imagine, build. What are some bigger things that we can do? Big problems that we can solve. And then S is stop. What are things that we stop doing? Doing and engineers. I love this because uh, usually you just pile on new things and you never take anything off the, off the table, so the stop is very important, and then uh, the last one is the piece of so crisp, P is probe, so what's a big area that we want to research for a potential kind of concentrate in the future or imagine building, but it was a big area we want to research, so these are the five things that every strategy meeting uh, is centered around these five ones to do the, the last Friday of every month. is kind of a rhythm and a clockwork uh, on this. And it's that, that's complete transparency for everybody. So so that has helped a lot because now it's curated, but it's guided. And then you can, as an employee, you can jump into all of these decisions and the things that led to all of that. But so that's that's been a, a good, good, good structure for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. And otherwise, you know,
0: it, it, it's it's a, it's a information. I see you know, organizing using Confluence as a placeholder for for putting all the information, and sometimes the information is way too much for people to handle, right? So, and then like if you are just just onboarded into the organization. And your your middle manager is going to say, "Hey, you know, these are some of the information. Please go through that, right?" So then you pretend to read, <laughs> go through those information. You never get it, right? So so that's 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 also like you know, I was I was referring to when it comes to curating the information or giving information enough that people can get things started, right?
1: So yeah, uh, well, onboarding uh, to a topic, but we can. Go. Maybe uh, we don't need to go into that topic, but uh, again, <laughs> proper onboarding of a person, I think, is the most important part of, of running a company. The hiring and what, who you bring in the first place is number one, and number two is how they get onboarded uh, into yeah. the organization. That is crucial. We spend a tremendous amount of time on just figuring out how to do onboarding properly.
0: So I mean, maybe maybe a, a you know point or two. You know, what did you learn? You know, as far as as far as you know the the onboarding is concerned like how do you how do you make this right do you do you also have created a flow that helps you to say okay these are some of the checks i must do uh, so that a person is properly onboarded like do you look into
1: those factors yeah we do so we have and we have also a couple of things that have helped us one is that you have Uh, these are the checkpoints everybody kind of needs to go through. These are the general ones for everybody, no matter what the function is. And these are the ones that are specific for each uh, functional area. That was one one, one area that helped us a lot. Number two was that there's there's one person that is responsible for onboarding across the entire company because that's how we get consistency and we get learnings and we get... So that's 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 number two, and then number three is that we overinvest in just information that's available, the the meetings that are set up, and kind of guidance around all our tools that we're using, and and uh, and introductions to managers that are, are on different teams and how those do, do how do those teams work and what are their goals, etc. So so we spend we spend a lot of time on just making sure that our onboarding is uh, is correct also on OKRs and what is what is what is your goal and how does your goal tie together with the rest of the company's goal? And, and in, a, in a startup, you, you generally for, forget about these things to actually put these structures in place. So I mean, I've certainly forgotten it all for my companies before. And now we've, we've we put it in place and, and to get like a well-oiled machine that can can accelerate. Um, yeah, because yeah. when we put it now, going to stay there forever if you don't put it in now it's going to be really hard to retrofit it yeah if you don't build it into the culture and the dna and the processes in the beginning you get the situations you described earlier right where processes are just not matching people or matching the goal of the company Uh, yeah
0: yeah Yeah, because often the 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 culprit is the process within the organization, in the large, especially with the large organization. Even with the small organization, if you're you're thinking too much into process and not designing the process around the people, then then maybe you know, uh, you know that's a down down for you. So. Yeah, and if you look now in a different context, if you if you if you think about your solution, you know, as 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 what you're offering, is it industry agnostic, or it is only catered to one particular industry, like a supply chain, or or you are like, okay, no, we don't care, we can work with banks, we can work with you know, IT, you know, whatever you know industry that you can think of, we can work with any industry.
1: No, it's very industry. Specific, so yeah. which I think is a next big trend in technology companies is that companies I built before as well have been horizontal in a way; we can work with any industry. But uh, I think the next big uh, area is to these like verticalized uh, technology companies that go incredibly deep on one industry. Yeah. You have to pick an industry that's big enough uh, in order to do that. And food is probably the big, one of the biggest industries in the world, ten trillion dollar. Market, uh, hundred million companies involved, so it's a big enough problem to solve. Then the next one might be fashion, where there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of rela- industries that have same, similar types of problems uh, around waste and around around many many steps and many layers and many companies involved in order to order to get the product product there. So so we might take this and kind of move over to the next industry, complex, difficult industries with complex. Trading relationships in a long, long supply chain that reaches a consumer at the end. But for now, we are incredibly focused on just the food, the distribution of food itself. Might mm-hmm. go into restaurants. We don't do anything in restaurants, thank God. We didn't uh, have our big restaurant business before before COVID hit because the whole food wipe out. Um, but once restaurants start opening again, maybe we'll take our food expertise now into the. Into the supply chain behind a restaurant, which is actually very different than the supply chain behind uh, behind grocery, food grocery. So, uh, so I think we can keep expanding in verticals. But in order to be really helpful in a vertical, we need to go incredibly deep, especially when it comes to this integration into systems and pulling data out and normalizing data and and all of that. It's hard to do that kind of on the, just on the surface. Uh, it needs to go very deep into one industry. At least that's how I, I think about it. also mm-hmm. mm-hmm. have so a lot of invest, I uh, have an investment in a venture firm as well. And uh, one of the areas that we have as a principle for us is to exclusively do software companies that are deep into industries and into industries that need a lot of change. So healthcare is one industry, hospitals, healthcare, uh, everything around healthcare, that's an industry that's ready for disruption. Number two is and hasn't gone a lot through a lot of the digitization. It is industries around education. I think that's another big one. Uh, education is kind of the same product now as it was uh, 50 years ago, and I see that with my kids sitting on Zoom at home uh, now every day. Like education, <laughs> be be one of those big industries. And you yeah. mentioned banking and insurance, which I think is really ripe for. Yeah. For- but it's harder there because it's so regulated. So it's harder one. It's a take a little longer, but uh, but but manage that an industry ready for disruption too.
0: Yeah, I, I think banking, I, I would say, is is the is the most ready industry. It's like you could immediately show the impact. You know, you know, if you are if you have picked the right kind of you know uh, solutions, you know, or, or the right problems that you want to solve, right and. Especially, you know, when I look around startups like which were doing pretty well, right? Just to give you an example, Revolut is, is one of the prime example I, I can think of. I, what I can think of is, is you know, these startups are really leading the way on how the traditional organizations should function, right? And then you would see less and less what do you call the branches of, 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 of the banks. You cannot mm-hmm. go to the branch now, you know, perhaps in, let's say, in a two or three years, you will not see any branches, right? And, and you would not be using cash, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and with this particular situation, more and more people choose not to use cash for a hygienic reason or whatever. And I think, I think that's the next, you know, because I spoke to a lot of entrepreneurs in this space, you know, especially in this blockchain and, 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 and the crypto space, uh, you know, uh, they are quite optimistic about about the the whole evolutions. You know, how do you how do you see your own perspective on on this uh, particular industry?
1: Yeah, for uh, for banking and for finance, that's an industry I don't uh, I'm not uh, super uh, in- engaged in. But but uh, but in terms of transactions and cashless transactions, that's something that's obviously we see a lot of in in in, uh, in my industry and in, in 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 retail and. And a huge shift to online. So in our industry, before COVID, it was about 2% e-commerce, 2%. 98% of the time people would go into a store to buy food. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, three weeks, it went from 2% to 40%. <laughs> can
0: you, can wow, you- yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That You need to change and everything that needs to happen in order for it to go from 2% to 40%. well now the stores start opening again. frankly drops down to 20%, but but 2% to 20% is a big change too. So those big external drivers like that, catalysts are happening in this industry. And then obviously then it's, uh, we are all deep into all of cashless payments and people don't wanna, they don't wanna touch anything. And they wanna yeah. right, big another big catalyst that's gonna ripple into the banking sector and gonna ripple into uh, into other industries. So, uh, so through the investment firm I have and through uh, where, where we do investments in companies like that and through crisp we see kind of all how all of these things are connected the whole world is kind of a, is is connected in a way right because yeah. it's consumers spending money on something and these consumers that that, that leads to money flowing in to uh, so any change in consumer behavior is generally rippling through and it's changing a lot of businesses underneath uh, underneath it as well so it's, it's it's a it's a fascinating vantage point
0: yeah, because every like you know, I'm I'm very you know happy that you know you know people were used to the e-commerce. You know, people you know at least most of the people were used to buying things online. You know, and I was speaking to one of these founders of this uh, you know digital asset uh, sort of uh, company, like where they they could actually tokenize uh, the, the 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 physical asset into the digital asset and so forth, right? So they were, were quite positive that at some point in time, we are able to buy a house, you know, just, just staying at your desk, right? So that's, that's something that is going to be very much possible in future. So I'm, I'm really optimistic about, <laughs> about those kind of possibility, you know. So being curious about the industry, being, being around the store is, is very fascinating at this time.
1: Yeah. It is yeah now, and I'll we'll start with changes in consumer behavior You really understand changes in consumer behavior and that how that influences the b2 b companies yeah. that are supporting the b two c companies and that's uh, the biggest biggest opportunity and in, in in terms of understanding where business is going and where where the world is the world mm-hmm. is going so that is just fascinating fascinating topics
0: mm-hmm. so how optimistic person are you now to sort of you know go back to your your own personal part. Uh, how optimistic are you?
1: No, we've uh, been incredibly uh, like fortunate that we are in an industry. The industry itself is is growing a lot more than it ever has done. So that's positive for the industry. And it is the big drive uh, and big catalyst here in terms of change and, and also getting data together and faster systems, better systems, changing out the stuff that's been there for 40 years. they've they've been forced to kind of break open these supply chains that they haven't touched in 30, 40 years now. And now kind of looking what inside of this box and inside of the box, there's a lot of ugly ugly technology in there. (laughs) A lot of Excel. The legacy systems, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so very optimistic on that and we feel like we're positioned well and we have amazing partners and teams. So very very optimistic on that. And as a technology guy, uh, also very... Optimistic on kind of the impact that technology can have on these traditional industries that we that we talked about. So I'm uh, so optimistic on all of that. Uh, and very pessimistic in terms of what where the U.S. is headed and where the <laughs> you want <laughs> to come back, back to Norway? Yeah, that, right. <laughs> uh, go back to, 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 to not to Norway, but I'm uh, glad I have my, uh, my cool.
0: passport. Uh, you don't have it, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, well, the U.S. is going through and a tremendous amount of of changes here that are not that I'm not so optimistic about. But uh, but the uh, but aside from that, I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited and, and optimistic. Yeah, the reason I,
0: I ask this question is is because we are going through this pandemic, right? And there are so many uncertainty, and then you see you know you see that there are people there there are their hope that, and their wish that we would go back into the norm, new normal. And perhaps for a lot of people, it is already a new normal, right? And and they are realizing, it's just a matter of realizing for, for uh, others, but still in, in, in the mix of all, you know, when let's say, let's assume that there's a vaccine and hopefully we come back to the the new normal that we are used to, then in that perspective, like how optimistic are you, you know, as far as Let's say next year, you know, you know, maybe we will see each other physically, you know, someday, you know. So those kind of optimism, you know.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think it's going to be pockets that are going to happen much faster and sooner than others. I think there are, I think there are there this recovery is, is well, a friend of mine called it this K shaped, so it's one that is recovering and one that's not, right? And within each industry and city and country and it's all, all going to be this kind of k-shaped uh, type of recovery it's not like earlier where you had everything recovered at the same time nicely it's uh, but in that spread between the up and the down and the K there is a lot of a tremendous amount of opportunity so where entrepreneurs can really take take, uh, take take understand what's going on move faster and be smarter and take uh, the, and compete with big companies that they never thought they could before because mm-hmm. they are slower they are so i think and uh, this creates a, a, a tremendous amount of opportunity for entrepreneurs and uh, this is the time to start a company best best time to start a company is in these times when there are chaos and changes and the big things that are happening and uh, this is the best time to start to start a company so, uh, mm-hmm. so and entrepreneurship and uh, seeing all these amazing entrepreneurs that come working, are solving big problems within all of these industries uh, is incredibly fascinating for me. So, uh, the future belongs to the entrepreneurs and the technology.
0: Do you sleep well at night, you know, with all these different ideas that are coming uh, to you and, and then you have your own, uh, you know, venture uh, firm and and, and and you must have seen a lot of different ideas coming to you and then you get, you get excited about different ideas, different possibilities, right? So how
1: well do you sleep? <laughs> I, sleep. I don't have any risk, I can't sleep. If, I'm, uh, if I have a lot of risk and, and stress in my life, I, I don't sleep well. If I have a lot of risk, then I sleep really well. So it's a little bit opposite of, of others, I think. But, uh, but uh, the, more, the more I'm involved in and the more I feel that I'm a part of the solution or part of having the information and seeing the information and working really hard to get it to that point, the the better, the better I sleep at night as well. I don't sleep well when I don't work hard because then I feel that I'm missing out on things. I feel that I don't have the information. I feel that I can't control the situations. I feel Mm. that once I'm, when I'm, when I'm uh, working hard and getting all the, getting all the things that I need and having a team around me, then I'm very relaxed, no matter how, uh, how, how many, things that are happening around us a company might run out of money go bankrupt uh, we lose a, a big customer for instance I have to go back to the investors and say hey this forecast that we had is not not happening anymore uh, all of those things I can deal with as long as I feel that I'm kind of in, in, in the in the in the driver's seat of the car if I'm kind of standing on the sidelines then I get really stressed because I can't, go, I can't I can't be a part of solving
0: yeah, yeah. So you have a different kind of mindset in that perspective, right? So you, you get a sleepless night for different reasons compared to others, like people like who are more resilient, perhaps thinks in, in the similar way like you are thinking, you know, as far as the entrepreneurship is concerned. And I see this trait in, in, in a lot of entrepreneurs, like they they say these things along the same lines, like what you've just
1: said. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's uh, yeah. That's probably one thing that our... Common with entrepreneurs is to yeah. is to see those opportunities and get excited about opportunities and and be resilient in these situations because in earlier companies I had tremendous amount of challenges we are we have two weeks more of payroll right we have big technology things that we thought we were going to achieve or and we didn't or we have security breaches or we have like uh, yeah, all kinds of things are happening in a startup. And but having the team in place to actually solve no matter what can come at you, and it's also very very satisfying for a team to to do these things because um, we 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 had all these problems we came together as a team and we solved it, and that creates these bonds between people that last forever. Well, I've seen that from my last company, the company before, and the company before, and we are close, super super close because we went through difficult. Things together, and we came out on the other side, to strengthen our personal relationship that we built between each other. That we never would if everything was kind of smooth sailing. So I guess I know if you've done it for 20, 25 years, you kind of you can kind of see, get a little bit more perspective on that versus in the beginning of my career, where everything we just stressed by all the problems. But you actually yeah. know that the problems lead you to a better place, personally and yeah. as a company. So,
0: Mm,
1: interesting interesting so
0: so now what's next for you and uh, the company that you're going through like you know the crisp and also maybe the venture firm that you are running you know so
1: yeah the on the venture side we are we are, we are looking for with an investment into construction software for construction industries so that's another very large business a large industry that hasn't had any like or very very little the build houses kind of very similar now, as you did, as, as uh, I did 50 years ago, there's very little bunch of emails and there's a lot of lack of. Actually, they use the software to build out Skippole airport, so that's the, that's the claim to fame for that company. Yeah, but they uh, so 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 for that, and um, there's more and more of these. There's a lot of these industries that are going to go through that technology revolution. So, mm-hmm. so, I'm, so I'm seeing it there. I'm done thinking in banking and finance. Uh, yet, but I really want to. And maybe I'll have to ask you for some advice then on what to who to invest in there.
0: <laughs> you uh, can you're email me secretly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't, <laughs> don't tell anyone.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, well, it's,
1: we are, um, we have a very strong, like beginning of a strong market position in the US, but uh, food and it's a global industry, so for us now to take this technology out to Europe. Uh, we have some good European uh, customers already, but uh, Asia and everywhere. So we want to take this uh, and and do it globally. That's uh, that's the next big big area for us, at course. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. A uh, final question before I let you go. You are yawning now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I beg your pardon. Then,
1: what's the dream for you then? Like, what's the dream you're changing now? The, for us this I grew up with parents that were very academic and they were very and they were, they were academics but they're also fighting uh, for a good cause uh, on their uh, so my dad was uh, in Amnesty International and he was writing sitting up at late at night and writing letters to dictator, dictators and around the world to get them to release prisoners and like uh, and so I grew up uh, with a lot of the, the, the social, good and the social goals. And then I took the complete different path uh, because I became the only business guy in the family and uh, starting companies and starting businesses. So the uh, so my dream is to kind of come back now to, to the beginnings and use my, what I built around understanding of business and technology to solve a real world problem. And food waste is one of the biggest world problems. It's uh, one of the biggest drivers of, of climate gases. UN actually identified the reduction of food waste as a number one initiative uh, for global uh, emissions and uh, obviously and a world that's going to double in uh, the number of, of, of people uh, here and how we're actually going to sustainably feed the, them without uh, harming the uh, earth even even more if i can practice if i can use my technology and create what we call a double bottom line it's a great for our customers it's it's and it's great for the for the world at the same time then I can come come full circle and I come back to my roots and something that maybe my parents can be proud uh, can be proud of as well that I actually- co- uh, contributed to something that is important mm-hmm.
0: so is your dad still alive I may ask yes are there um, both parents are still 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 that's, alive. That's, that's that's a very good spot to be at you know so to be able to do that, to be able to see that dream, and to be able to chase it, and then to be able to accomplish that—you know—I think that's that's so fulfilling.
1: Yes, no, for sure. That's what motivates motiv motivates us all to get. And we actually start part of the onboarding process. Everybody actually t- um, tells a story about why it matters to solve this problem, and as and and, uh, and so the people that work at Crisp all have some connection to. Or have a connection to why they want to solve this problem. It can be that they grew up in a country, but they didn't have food at all, right? And then um, they came out, they came out of that country and moved to the U.S. or other countries and got an education, and now they actually want to come back and help solve that problem that they had us when they were when they were children, for instance. Or uh, one they had no money growing up, so they every time they went to the grocery store. They didn't, he didn't know if his parents were able to actually pay for the food and so had a very like strong connection to food and has food security and the ability to put food on the table Others have worked at garbage dumps and like, seen that like, there are Food everywhere all right so work at food banks and seeing the people that need food and and I traveled and I spent a lot of time in, in India and other other parts of the world and uh, and there's I, and I a lot of food insecurities in many parts or, or many many countries we travel to Africa and uh, and then at the same time I saw food just being waste uh, thrown out and you just want to help with this problem so 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 we are all kind of connected to this this mission and want to use the skills we built over the last 20, 30 years to, 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 to help, help solve it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, I already passed your time. I killed your time. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: great. It was a very, uh, super interesting, uh, conversation. And uh, thanks for shedding some light on how big, big companies work. Uh, <laughs> can't use data to, the change management yeah, and processes uh, around that so thanks, yeah. thanks for that. no worries, no
0: worries anytime you know I, I think I, I you know I, I had so many questions but then as soon as you started telling me your story you know, I, I sort of you know just kept following you up with the another questions <laughs> but I I, I, I made uh, some kind of you know, framework that this is going to be the case. Like, these are the, some of the content that I would like to dive into, but that that didn't happen, right? So I just I just kept on into your story, so asking questions. So thank you so much for making this wonderful. You know, you know, I really appreciate the time that you you provided today. I really like to talk to you again in the future. Like, you know, how things are going on uh, next year. Hopefully, we have a different story. Maybe you will say promote. It's more challenging than what I said. <laughs>
1: Exactly. <laughs> you are
0: wrong <with> that. <laughs> Oh my God! where am I into? <laughs> yeah. Right, like you would, you would be a, a different person altogether. And I, I want to see this strong. <laughs> I want to see the same strong. R, for, forgive my pronunciation for your uh, for your first name. But I want to see the same guy like talking through the positivity. Uh, you know, I really want to uh really see this uh, person one day physically as well so
1: thank you that's great thank you so much uh, thank you uh, forward to uh, speaking with you soon again and thank you
0: (laughs) thank you you have a nice day ahead you know i think so you're still early Okay, okay bye bye